Hey, hey, everybody, you're listening to Fireball Podcast with Ashley Mayfield, and this is episode 37. Hey, hey, everybody, welcome back. I am super excited today. We are going to be diving in and talking about how to build effective relationships without crossing boundaries and without jeopardizing the goal. So I understand that maybe all of you listening, uh, you might not be in a position where you're overseeing people just yet. That is okay. Still buckle up, brace for impact. You are going to get so much value. I also thought about parents, uh, what I'm going to be sharing today, it could potentially be effective and you could possibly pull out some nuggets in a parenting relationship. Maybe you're struggling with a kid. Maybe you are uh, finding that boundaries are getting crossed and you don't feel like you're effective as a parent. There's definitely some nuggets in here today, but who I'm talking to is women that oversee an organization. You're leading a team and you're asking yourself, how do I build effective relationships without compromising the goal? I know that there needs to be a place for community, but I'm finding that I'm overdoing it or uh, I'm so goal-oriented that I'm struggling building the bond that's required to actually reach the goal. Have you ever been there? I feel like on some uh, form or fashion, you know, if you're not mindful, those wires can absolutely get crossed. And there's really, whenever it comes to this topic in leadership, there's two things that I'm not only teaching to the masses, but I'm teaching to my organization as well. And the first thing is you have to show up as a coach. You have to be tough. There's going to be moments where you have to be goal-oriented. You have to be mission-minded. You have to make sure at the end of the day, the job is getting done. And I know that can be so difficult, but we all know we have responsibilities at the end of the day. If you are in a position where you are overseeing people or you have a responsibility uh, to help people cross the finish line and you are not doing that effectively, there's one of two things that's going to happen. You're either going to get fired, let go, replaced, or people are no longer going to respect you. And so you have to show up as the coach. And I want to give you permission to do that. I find that sometimes people feel really guilty for doing that. They feel guilty for being driven that way. And that's exactly how I'm driven. I am driven to lead. I am driven to be dominant. I am driven to be uh, casting vision and to help people cross their goal. That's what's super, like I'm super passionate about it. There's nothing wrong with me being that way. If that's who you are, you have to continue to show up that way for yourself. And so it's important, even though that's how God has wired me, that I'm making sure that that's not the only way I'm showing up. There is a difference between Ashley Mayfield leading herself and Ashley Mayfield leading an organization. And yes, there might be moments where the organization needs that because that is my superpower and that's what I bring to the table. But I can't just show up that way, right? If I'm only goal-oriented, if I'm only focused on the finish line, if I am only driving numbers, punch it, make it happen, lighting fires under rears, like people, that could be exhausting after a while, right? And uh, I have to be able to like crack the shell and be a little bit vulnerable. Now, the flip side of that is some people are really good at being the cheerleader. And maybe that's you. Maybe you are super personable. You're very vulnerable. You're loving. Uh, you want to build a sense of belonging. You want camaraderie. You want everything to be fair. You really like to hype people up and get them emotionally stirred. 
There needs to be a space for that. In fact, I think more people need to be like that because it could be really easy in leadership to just come off as this, well, I'm doing it, you should do it, or because I said so, right? And we all know that those two things really aren't effective. We have to be able to reach people on a heart level because if you don't know anything about management, leading people, or sales, it is emotion. It's the transfer of emotion from one person to the next. So when you're casting that vision or when you're explaining why you got across the finish line or you're sharing the mission of whatever it is that you're doing, you have to speak from the heart because that's how you're going to pull people in. That is the effective way to do sales. And so if you are someone that is a cheerleader, continue to be that way. That is how God has designed you. But we also have to make sure that we're balancing that out. There is a dichotomy. People need to be led. People want to follow someone who's going somewhere and doing something. And if you're leading from your heart and you are, you know, sharing your vision and you're making sure that everyone is taken care of and everyone is on board, if you're so busy taking care of the people that you're not leading the people through those tough, awkward, confrontational conversations you know, eventually your organization's not going to go anywhere. And whether that is a team, whether that is your business, whether you're volunteering and overseeing people, it doesn't matter whatever leadership capacity you're operating in, you're not going to move the needle. And it could be, like I said, a waste of time, or people could start losing respect for you, or you could be the girl that makes everybody feel good. You're really good at developing relationship with people, but you're not very effective at getting the results. And if you want to be powerful in business or you want to be powerful in whatever it is that you're leading, whatever that vision, that mission is, you really have to have both because the dichotomy between being a coach and being a cheerleader, there really is a sweet spot somewhere there in the middle. Now, I often get asked, how do I keep this in check? I would dare to say it's like one of the top five questions that I get because I'm known, I run a very successful online business and I am known uh, for kind of being more of the coach and I will be very transparent. That is the side that I lead lean on. If you are following me or if you follow me on any of my social medias for any length of time, you will see that I am light a fire underneath you, extremely direct, um, you know, no excuses, let's cross the finish line. I am here to challenge you. If you call me because, you know, something devastated happened and you just want me to coddle you and wrap my arms around you and tell you it's going to be okay, you're going to get that Mayfield for like a solid 30 seconds, okay? And so if you need someone that's going to like help you justify your excuses and help you, you know, just like wallow in the mud and feel bad about yourself, I am not the girl that you want to call, okay? I'm probably going to make you feel a little worse about yourself. But if you are the person who you're struggling and your back is against the wall and you don't know which way to turn, whether you have to go left or right or up or down or whatever the decision is, I better be your first phone call. Like, mother trucker, I can help you, okay? And so I do tend to lean more towards the coach. And I have a lot of people that get really... um uh, they're supportive of that. They wish they had that gift that I have. And I would say that it's something I've had to develop over time. I am definitely a person uh, that wears my heart on my sleeve. I am very emotional, contrary to popular belief. You might see me being dominant and, you know, aggressive and bold and getting what she wants, but there's a super, super sensitive side to me. I am very much a crier. I am very much a complainer, okay? And uh, I'm going into 2021 retiring petty Betty, but there is a petty side to me, a ghetto and petty side to me, okay? And with that being said, the number one thing that I bring myself back to when it comes to being effective between the coach and the cheerleader is the one word, 
responsibility. I genuinely feel a deep uh, yearning and a deep sense of responsibility. And if I'm going to be transparent, I don't believe that there is balance. And so I understand that we've titled this effectively balancing leadership and friendship, but trust me, my friend, I do not believe there is balance. This is not a 50, 50 act. Uh, there are moments where it's going to be 59 and 41, but I do believe that you have to lean one way. And if you're following me and you're listening to this and you're wanting to grow in your leadership, I'm going to challenge you to lead towards the coach. And the reason that I say that is because, you know, people who partner with you, uh, and and you could be in a career, you know, I was a full-time retail manager for quite a few years. People needed me to show up. They needed me to be the manager. They needed me to lead. They needed me to make sure that I was not only driving the organization towards a goal because I had responsibility. That was my job, right? Not everybody could do that. Not everybody could take that responsibility. Not everybody had uh, the information or the proximity or the vision that I did. That's why I was in that position, right? And so as we're wanting to further our life, as we're wanting to grow an organization, as we're wanting to grow our home-based business, as we're wanting to grow in our career, it is so important that we have this captain of the ship mentality and that is going to require that coach mindset. And like I said, for me, it's just responsibility. People who partner with me in my business, I feel a deep sense of responsibility. They did not join me to be my bestie. They did not join me so we can, you know, sing by the fire, kumbaya, and share our woes. Now, it's not that there's not a space for that. Okay. There has to be community. Don't just get this and take away and say, oh, you know, Mayfield says we need to light fires under people's butt. No. But I do think that it is extremely, extremely important uh, that we are showing up in a coach and leadership capacity. So that is the one that I tend to lean towards. I have had to do some intentional things to make sure that that cheerleading side uh, does not get drowned out. Because if I'm going to be honest, like I am very aggressive when it comes to the coach. I'm very passionate about empowering women, helping them develop their voice, helping them cross their finish lines, helping them operate and understand that they can, um, you know, live this life of freedom, that it is not for the lucky. It's not for other people and not you that you genuinely do have what it takes. And I take that responsibility serious. And that has had to develop over the last four years. I've been in this, you know, entrepreneurial space. And as I've developed my mindset, it's not something that um, is innate. It's not something that I was just born with. I've really had to hone in and develop that. But the more I became clear of what it was that I wanted and why I was showing up for other people, that is really when that responsibility came alive. And so I promise you, if you are in a space of leadership, if you are in a space of management or uh, you know, you're a supervisor or you're in a capacity where you are leading other human beings, I promise you they need you to step up and they want you to step up. So how do we do this? How do we make sure that we are balancing these two things out effectively? Um, I firmly believe, and this is where you're going to want to grab your pen and piece of paper out, take some notes. I firmly believe that you do not have to be people's best friends, but you do have to be a good mentor.
Okay. And so a good mentor is going to make sure that uh, there's that dichotomy there and that they're, they're landing somewhere in between. So let's break this down. The first thing that I think you need to do is you need to make sure that you're treating people the way that you would want to be treated. Okay. It's the golden rule, right? We need to make sure that we are being supportive. We are being honest and that we are being understanding. And I know that that can sound really basic and really simple, but a lot of times, um, and I'm going to speak from both perspectives, you over cheerlead or you overcoach. A lot of times, whenever we overcoach for the little mini Mayfields out there, okay, uh, you know, we tend to lack understanding that people are not like us. Where are my high achievers at? If this is you, I want to see some comments below, okay? Um, you know, it's really easy for us to show up with an expectation on other people. We expect for them to see it like we see it, breathe it, eat it, sleep it, run like we run. We expect them to volunteer tier to go above and beyond, be the first one in, the last one out, because a lot of times that becomes so, it's just so organic to us. As high achievers, we want to win at all costs. We want to do whatever it takes to cross the finish line. And we prioritize that as the coach, as the visionary, we prioritize that. We can really do ourselves our organization and the community in that a disservice if we put that expectation on other people. Remember, I told you, you can lead yourself one way and be true, 1000% true to who you are. When I uh, am on these videos, when I'm uh, talking, you know, on the podcast or on my Facebook lives, or if you're following me on Instagram or TikTok, right? I can be as aggressive as I want because I am going to be true to who Ashley Mayfield is and I am going to be unapologetic about that. But when I step into a leadership capacity where I am in front of other humans, I have to make sure that, you know, instead of just stomping on the ground, that I, I do a little tiptoe dance, okay? Okay, I got to make sure I'm a little bit more cautious of what my surroundings are. That does not mean that I'm not true to who I am. That does not mean that I'm not going to light a fire and be aggressive and direct and be visionary. It doesn't mean that. It also means I have to be mindful that not other people are like me and I have to be understanding of that. And I can't discredit people. I can't discourage people. I can't alienate people that are not like me. And that's where if you are that aggressive coach, just like I am, my friend, you have to make sure that you have a space where it's not just result oriented, where Yes, we're going to honor the right behavior and results matter. I am a result girl through and through, so do not mince my words, Heffa, okay? But what I'm saying is that you're going to have a space and a community for people who might not be producing at the highest level because let's be honest, out of, let's say you're running a home-based business, okay? And out of 100 people you talk to, maybe only 33 are going to join you, okay? These are like far out numbers. Maybe 33 are going to join you, but of those 33, you're probably going to have five to seven that genuinely are like you that have this innate desire on the inside of them to run. Well, the other, whatever 33 minus five or seven is, you have to have a space for those 25 plus people. They still need to feel included. They still, because some people, it's a delayed reaction. Some people, uh, they're not going to see the vision right away. And if we're going to be candid, that's how my journey started as an entrepreneur. I joined for just a little bit more. I joined just for an extra couple hundred dollars to pay a, a bill here or there. It did not, um, I never in my wildest dreams anticipated it, it becoming a multiple, multiple six-figure business annually, right? And so you have to give people time and understanding and grace. And that is so hard to do because oftentimes when we're operating in that coach mentality, 
We are so focused on what it is that we want and where we're going and why we want it. We're very us focused and we have to go from a me to a we mentality. And that's going to be understanding that not everybody is like you. And so there's some ways that you can help that out. How can you cultivate and create systems? Again, whether it's at your career, you're volunteering, or you're in some kind of entrepreneurial space, how can you create systems that help fast track people, that help people um, maybe who aren't like you have the ability to have opportunities opportunities to become someone like you. And that's where a lot of the development, the systems, the equipping is going to come along and you have to have a space for like, like that. And it can be difficult. Okay. I'm not going to sit here and say that that is easy. Um, there is a, a I'm consistently looking at my systems. I'm consistently reevaluating what's going to help the most people, what's going to help them fast track, right? Because I tend to attract people that are polar opposite as me. And so if you're in a volunteer or management or career type mentality, you know, a space, you might not have control over that. You're going to be doing an interview process. If you're in an entrepreneurial journey, you're really going to take any breathing soul that is willing to see the vision. And more often than not, I tend to attract people that are polar opposite of me. They see my strengths and they desire that. They see my confidence. They see my boldness. They see my ability to be direct and decisive. And typically it's because those are areas that they're not as strong in. And so they want to be in proximity of me and they want to learn and uh, get developed by me because they want to be able to hone in and um, attain what it is that I have, right? And so you have to be very understanding with people and you know, it's just really, really important that you are, like I said, you also have to be um, supportive of people and you have to be honest. You know, I genuinely believe that clear is kind. And if you are not following um, author Brene Brown, I highly encourage that you get that book. I think a lot of times, even as the coach, or if we, t I mean, really it's in both aspects because it really still makes a coach uncomfortable. Um, I say very, I challenge, I dare to say very few people struggle with conversation confrontation. Okay. There's very few people on the planet that are just like, no, I love it. It's great. I really, I don't even know that I know anyone that enjoys confrontation, but they respect that it is necessary. They respect that it's part of the process. Right. And so it can make a coach uncomfortable, but you know, if you are someone that leans more towards friendship, you're someone that, you know, you love getting to know people, you love hearing their story. Like that is admirable. And that's something that I can always improve on. But you have to understand that when it comes to balancing out your leadership or the dichotomy of your leadership, it's that you have to be clear with people, right? You have to understand that people want open feedback. People want um, constructive criticism. And what's so interesting is so many people that I talk to, they're like, man, it makes me so uncomfortable and I hate it. And I'm like, wait a second. When I'm honest with you, do you like that? And they're like, oh yeah, I love it when you give me feedback. I love it when uh, you help me see my blind spots. I love it when you give me a different perspective. I love it, Mayfield, when you see this bird's eye view and you download it to me. Interesting. Interesting. If you were to look in the mirror nine times out of 10, you genuinely love that feedback because you want to grow, Right? You want to grow, you want to develop, you want to increase your financial or economic status. You want to be able to advance in your career. You want to be able to achieve the mission of the volunteer space that you're in, right? 
And so you enjoy that feedback. And it's so interesting to me, my friend, how we desire that feedback for ourselves. But when it comes to a point where we have the ability to give that feedback and to pour that feedback out, we start getting hesitant. And we cannot live from that space. If you want to effectively balance leadership and friendship, you have to be clear. And you know, you have to just give people honest feedback about their performance. And sometimes you can do that a little bit more. I know that there are companies that will do that like annually, a once a year, um, you know, some kind of like review or whatever it is. But maybe you, um, if you're in a little bit more control than like a management or um, a corporate America setting, this is something that you can do weekly. This is something that you can do biweekly or monthly or quarterly. This does not have to be a once a year thing. But I challenge you, if you are in a space where you are leading people, they desire feedback and they desire accountability. And clear is kind. And you have to be clear. Do not mince your words, okay? You have to help people get through their blind spots. It is so imperative. And where you think that that might hurt their feelings or you're worried about that, what you don't realize is they're actually going to gain respect for you, okay? And so the reason that um, you know, that just somewhat comes natural to me. Like I said, I feel the weight of the responsibility of people partnering with me, that they, they trust me to lead them. They trust me to help them cross their finish lines just as I've crossed my own. But I do also feel like it is respectful for me to speak to people the way that I would want to be spoken to, um, you know, treat others like you'd want to be treated. And so the way that I speak to myself and the way I hold myself accountable and the way that I, um, don't let myself slack off, it's the same way I'm going to show up to someone that I'm leading. And sometimes people just need to be reminded of the goal. And so when you are building community and that is more of your focus and relationship is more of your focus than crossing the finish line, um, you know, it can be easy to forget the goal. It could be easy to forget why you're all there in the first place. And so I'm not saying friendship is wrong, but if you're prioritizing the friendship over the business, that's going to be detrimental to you. And sometimes people that you oversee, they prioritize the relationship and you have to remind them uh, what it is they're fighting for. Remind them how much they want their family to um, change or they want to come home to their kids or they want to be able to make an impact in their community, whatever that goal is that they have. You know, you have to have a relationship enough with people that you know what their goal is and you meet them on their level, but you have to be such a leader in a way that you're reminding them of the goal and you're lighting the fire under their rear, okay? And so one of the greatest things that I can tell you in order to be uh, supportive, honest, understanding, and to be clear with people is to have some transitional phrases. This is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, I have a whole like breakdown on ways that I have learned how to effectively balance these two. But one of the tips that I will give you is just to come up with a phrase. And maybe whenever you're talking with people, you know, you, you ask those personal questions. Hey, how's your week been? Hey, how are you feeling? Hey, I know your grandma was in the hospital. How are things going with her? You have these things. You have to show up as a human, right? We have to humanize before we can monetize. We have to make sure that we are leading with our heart. But then there has to be a transitional phrase because you might have to pick up the phone asking someone how their grandma is, asking them how their mima is, but then you have to have a correcting moment. And how do you effectively navigate that? Well, you show up and you're human first. You lead with your heart. You humanize before you monetize. You make sure, hey, how's your grandma? How are things going? How are you doing? How can I show up for you in this capacity? And, you know, and then you're like, hey, now I need to transition to being your leader. Hey, is it okay if I transition to being your leader real quick? Hey, is it okay if I give you some uh, feedback 
about the business real quick. You guys, that transitional phase, it's a phrase. It's not for you as much as it's for them, right? And that's something I've had to learn. I have no problem being like, hey, girl, how's your grandma? Hey, you really sucked when you uh, turned that in last week. So let's fix that. Okay, grandma's doing good though. <laughs> like, you guys, if I'm not careful. Like that's how I can come off. And so I've had to learn uh, it, almost like I'm asking permission, but I'm also, sometimes I don't ask, sometimes I, I do ask for permission. I'm like, Hey, do I have permission to speak into this? Or, Hey, can I give you feedback on that? But other times I'm not, I'm like, Hey, now I need to transition. This is the point in the conversation where I have to transition to being your leader. So like buckle up, boo-boo, you know, and I'm just going to tell you how it is because I love you enough to do that. And if you genuinely want to have that balance, you have to love your people enough to do that. You have to love your people enough to be both regardless of how you feel because your emotions are irrelevant. Speaking of emotions, let's get to point number two. Point number two is you have to regulate your emotions. Where are all of my emotional basket cases at? Okay. I know after a year like 2020, who isn't like an emotional basket case? One of the things that can be really difficult, and this has been a huge growth opportunity for me, and it's I'm on a continuous cycle of this. If you did not remember when I opened up, I said uh, that I am trying to get rid of Petty Betty, okay? I wear my heart on my sleeve. Are you the same way? And when you're in a leadership role, if if you are uh, a cheerleader through and through and you're trying to get stronger as a coach, it is even, and even if you are a coach, because I know a lot of dominant people that wear their heart on their sleeves and they're very emotionally driven and your emotions are everything. Like I said, that's what's gonna make you successful because you're leading from your heart, you're talking from your heart, But you also have to understand when you uh, wear your heart on your sleeve, you can fly off the handle. You can start making some irrational decisions. decisions. You can react instead of responding. And a lot of times that can do more damage than good. Maybe you're someone, let's talk about being too much of the cheerleader. Maybe you're running an organization on hype and you're all talking. It's these big things week after week and month after month and year after year. And it's hype, 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 and there's no results. It's not going to be effective. And so Um, you have to make sure that you're not wearing your heart on your sleeve, that you have enough emotional control. And there's a lot of free resources out there. There's a lot of books out there. Um, as much as I'm all about free resources, I'm all about investing in yourself. If you want someone to pour into you, you need to invest in them. You need to buy their time. Okay. And so there's so many resources, whether it's free or whether it is an investment, um, that you can learn how to regulate your emotions and rein them in a little bit more. One thing that I have learned in a couple different leadership books is um, detachment. You have to learn how to walk into a situation and detach emotionally. Remove your emotions from yourself or remove your emotions from the situation or the person. Maybe there's that one person that you oversee that is consistently triggering you or, you know, they're showing up and you just get really irritated and pissed off. You have to be able to like rein that in. Maybe there's something that happens or you don't cross a finish line and you're a person that starts yelling or going off, or you just start crying and you're constantly crying in front of everybody and emotional. You have to learn how to regulate that. Okay. People want to follow someone who's going somewhere and doing something. And I don't know about you, but if you're someone who has, if you're like a millennial who has grown up in a like traumatizing household where you maybe had a parent that was not emotionally stable and you had to tiptoe around their uh, personality, you had to tiptoe around, you know, when you could talk 
to them when you couldn't. You you got really good at growing in um, social awareness. What's the what's the environment like right now? What's the temperature? Am I allowed to ask for something, or is mom super pissed off? Is dad super pissed off? If you're someone that's like that. Um, sometimes we emulate how our parents were or how the environment that we grew up in, right? And so it's really important that no one wants to be in that environment, especially when it's like an employment, a business, a volunteer. No one wants to be around a psycho. No one wants to tiptoe. No one, no one wants to guess whether you are approachable in your leadership. And so it's super important that whenever you're showing up, you're not so coach and aggressive that your emotions are all heightened and you're really uptight and you're really aggressive and you're really petty and you demean people and make people feel, feel inferior. That is going to make the community really bad. It's going to make your culture really, really bad. Okay. But the flip side of that is you can't be the cheerleader where you're super sensitive and no one can come and talk to you because you get really upset and you start crying and you go to this place where like, I'm a total failure. I suck as a leader. Have you ever said these things because of a situation? And, you know, one of the things that I will tell you in my business when I have, um, and forgive me for using this kind of terminology, it's the only thing that's coming to me off the top of my head. But when I have like lower level people that are frustrated with their leaders. So if I'm like, you know, the head, it's like this section of leadership. And if you're, you know, watching me on video, I'm like using my hands right now. And so this section of leadership, and it's like, if the people at the bottom are frustrated here and they bypass and they come to me, one of the things I always say is, did you go to your leader? Did you communicate this with them? Okay. I give you permission to go to them. And then they're like, you know, and it's like, well, I don't want them to be mad. I don't want them to be upset. And I'm like, well, you want me to be the bad guy? You want me to go to, let's say, Sally and say, hey, Sally, your team is not happy with you. Hey, Sally, your team is frustrated with you. Hey, Sally, your team's like ticked off because you're not leading them. And then I'm just the big bad leader. It hits different when someone in your organization comes up and approaches you as a leader, right? And so it's really important if we want to be the best leader that we can, if we want to lead the best organizations, if we want to promote in our career or, you know, uh, accomplish the mission, if we're in a volunteer setting, we want to make sure that we have a level of detachment with our emotions. We need to be able to give feedback. We need to be able to receive feedback. And we've got to make sure we have these two things um, in balance. And again, I think that... This can just come from developing yourself. Like I said, you've got to go look at the resources. You've got to make sure you're investing in your growth. So many people put this on the sidelines, on the back burner. You guys, this is one of the most effective things you can do because it's not just for your business. It's not just for your career. This is for your life. These are life things that you can implement as well, okay? So first we had uh, treat people how you want to be treated, be supportive, uh, be honest, be understanding. The Second thing we just had is you got to learn to like rein in those emotions, boo boo. You have to detach emotionally. And then the last thing I would say is just be real. Be a real leader. I am obsessed with Craig Rochelle. Um, he's the pastor of Life Church. And if you do not follow him on um, the podcast app and whatever platform you're listening, I highly encourage the Craig Rochelle podcast, leadership podcast. And he always ends his podcast, his leadership podcast, saying people would follow rather follow a leader that's always real than that's always right. And that has been so profound to me. And it has stuck out to me so much because it can be really easy for us to want to lean into the coach 
foundation. Always be uh, right and always be tough and always be strong and not be vulnerable. And I think that at the end of the day, people need to be able to see you as a leader and they need to be able to see you uh, make mistakes and they need to be able to see you own those mistakes and they need to be able to know that you struggle as well. And for people that are really prone to just showing up as the coach, um, if you want to build your culture to be really, really strong, which vision, culture, leadership, these are all words that I'm like mega turbo passionate about, you have to crack your shell. You have to uh, allow people to see that you struggled on your way up or that you struggle on a day-to-day or maybe something's happening in your life. And again, I'm not saying have a, a cry sesh kumbaya around the campfire, but I am saying that whenever you're teaching people or whenever you're building that community, you want to be transparent. You want to be real with people. You want to be vulnerable. And that's one of the greatest things that can strengthen a bond. You know, I will never forget Um, I've had the opportunity to speak all over the country and be on multiple different podcasts. And I went to an event where I was a speaker and, you know, a lot of these people at this event had only seen me in a capacity where they saw me as the coach, right? And they saw me lighting a fire and tearing the room down and building it back up. And, uh, and that's a lot of the reason why, again, people follow me because I attract people that desire that or people that have that uh, gift and that skill and that strength. Um, you know, they resonate with it. And so when I showed up to this event, Uh, I was actually uh, speaking on self-limiting beliefs and I was speaking on uh, the self-limiting beliefs that we all have. And the moment I stepped on stage, I couldn't stop crying. I mean, I had a friend in the audience like lean over and hand me like a tissue because it was just pouring out of me and I was strong up here, but sometimes we can get so strong mentally once we conquer something in our life. Cause we all have self-limiting beliefs, but our body has not like detoxed from it yet. Our body has not mourned the loss of it yet. Right. Have you guys ever been like over something, but then it hits you out of nowhere and you just need to cry. Like sometimes our body just needs to grieve. And so I walked on stage and I spoke for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes and I I was just emotional the whole time, but I had to open up and I had to say, don't feel sorry for me. Like I'm strong. My body is just grieving from this. Right. But it was a moment. I share the story with you because it was a very profound moment where so many people resonated with me even more. I was, oh my gosh, it was multiple hundreds of people that were there. And, you know, the messages poured in when I was done. Cause I literally had to get off stage and run to the airport. So I really didn't even have time to like connect with people. And the messages poured in that night and the next day of, you know, Mayfield, I knew I loved you, but like, I really loved you. Or I knew that I liked you, but I didn't know I could relate with you, you know? And it, it broke this, um, you know, strict barrier, almost this wall that I had with people where they only saw me in one side, but I opened up and allowed them to see my heart. And, you know, sharing how you got through things or if you're in the process of getting through things, how you can continue to grow yourself, how you plan on staying the course, how you plan on getting through things. Um, earlier this year, at the beginning of 2020, uh, you know, I walked through some things emotionally, and immediately, I instead of waiting until I was done, I decided to be transparent with my networks, and I decided to be transparent in my business, like, hey, y'all, I'm walking through something, but here's how I'm getting through, and they got to see me in a very vulnerable moment 
still showing up, still leading, still pouring into people, still going above and beyond because I felt that responsibility. And so if you are someone, uh, you know, that struggles drawing that line in the sand, uh, implement these tips, you guys, make sure you go back, take notes. And if you know someone who's struggling in this, share it with a friend. I always ask that you pay the fee, share it with a friend. Feel free to share this on any social media platform. Make sure you tag me. I would love to be able to repost. And I always enjoy uh, to know who is listening, but make sure you implement this. And I promise you are going to grow in not only strengthening your leadership, but your relationship until we meet again. Talk to you guys soon. 